All right, ladies and gentlemen,、uh, thanks again for listening on Spotify and Castbox. My name is Tom,、uh, City of Love, Tennis of Melbourne Convo, and today I'm lucky to have Mr. Nathan. Nathan, you want to say hello to our friends? Okay, beautiful. So Nathan,、uh, you want to tell、um, our friends、uh, where, which part of Melbourne you're from? I'm from the northeast.、Uh, I grew up, grew up in a town of a, a, a suburb called Plenty, which、mm-hmm. is uh, uh, right near Greensboro, Eltham, right、mm-hmm. out near the end of the end of the ring road. Okay. Now I can easily tell everyone that、uh, we are kind of neighbours. <laughs> So as a as a trainer, well that's how I call it. So as a sports trainer, I um I'm very lucky to have someone like you around. And、uh, part of me really want to have like you were like in the top of the list. I'm thinking if I'm going to get back in tennis in just training in general, getting the fundamentals, you're definitely the one that I will go to. Not because you're close, but you're very you approach things very very simple, and that includes me watching how you um. Uh, um, I guess coaching the, the international players, and because、uh, you use very simple English, simple gestures, using a body language, is that your style since day one? Yeah,、um, I, uh, yeah, but straight away for that first of all.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I, I try to in all my probably philosophy of, of coaching, I try to I try to keep things simple.、Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in technique.、Um, And but I like to keep that simple. But again, like I think the, the most important thing as a coach is is to communicate and understand and and truly really learn about your players. And and that but that doesn't even that doesn't make any difference if the player is international and, and barely speaks English.、Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, your body language and your just keeping it nice and simple, how you communicate with them, comes across.、Mm-hmm. And if you can do that well, then the players feel it. And, It's it's funny how you say it's funny how you say、um, getting to know the players. You know,、um, well, one the cultural difference there will be a, a, a cultural gap that's to, to start with, and for you to get to know the players and also what kind of the player he or she may come across certain、uh, humor or reaction, and then builds that credit or trust between you and the players. It's somewhat.、Um, You need a lot of patience in order to, and also,、um, I guess, observation in order to understand, to build that, to, to build that bridge. Did it come over? Did how did you? Is it does it come with experience or sort of comes with a bit of your personality as well? I think I think it's a pretty、uh, the personality. You must must be personality sort of thing.、Um, uh, for for me, it is anyway.、Um, with, with with my international players that I've worked with. They only come for three months at a time, so it's important to、um, make make that connection early on.、Um, and sometimes, sometimes the players can barely speak English,、um, and sometimes they can they can do quite well.、Um, it's little, little things. It's it's like putting some music and, and listening to what sort of music they have, and, and, and they like to listen or, or put some of our music on and seeing how they react and, and stuff like that. So it's just getting to know.、Mm-hmm. Let's go back to to your junior days.、Uh, did you play a lot of junior tournaments, and were you playing in a、uh, competitive level、um, up to say your eighteen? Yeah,、um, uh, yeah. I, I grew up grew up、uh, playing tournaments from a very young age.、Um, mm-hmm. 
and every, every tennis was tennis was inbuilt from a very young age. Uh, and both my good friends are from a, from that age. I've known, known them since nine, ten, eleven years old. Uh, mm-hmm. I was in, I was in initially in a, in a state squad down at Burundara mm-hmm. um, uh, with uh, the coaches were John McCurdy and Peter Johnson and Warren Byrne. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I was in the first ever state squad that went at Melbourne Park. Championships as a as a thirteen fourteen year old um, uh, was a, a highly decent junior that always um played in the junior train open and then ended up going to college as well after that. So, right. right. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. I'm just gonna pause for one second. All right. Um, Sorry for the little um, interruption. So this is Nathan here. Uh, we were just talking about the simplicity in coaching. Now, simplicity in coaching, you had uh, different cultures um, as or international students with different cultures. So dealing with them or working with them, should I, should I say, is um, you need, um, I guess, a simplistic way. Now, you said, you mentioned about it comes with experience, comes with the personality, and also because they're only here for a short time. Uh, three months. Um, did anyone go over more than three months? Um, three months. Three months is a is a minimum. Oh, and some of them have been back uh, mm-hmm. two or three times. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, like it's uh, even even now um, on on social media, mm-hmm. um, I'm still in contact with some of them, and they're playing tournaments back in China. So, mm-hmm. right. Okay. It's really good. Right. Okay. Appreciate that. I think you. You. I mean, I'll let you catch your breath while I'm asking the next question. So, um, coming back to um, um, uh, coaching different cultures, you know, um, do you have any tips in terms of, let's say, they came from a different background, their technique is very, very different to what you wanted to to achieve, what you wanted to craft. What are some of the tips in 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 Adjusting and improving and refining, should I say, their techniques? Um, it's, again, it's, the, the, the wonder of the technique uh, or technology these days, I think, is, is amazing. Is that, uh, is that you, can, you can sit down and, and, and videotape their technique and you sit down and, and show them and analyze. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and, then they, and then talk through what you want, what, what you want. And then uh, it's not about fixing it one day, it's about having. The, the sort of like the, the holistic approach of, of what you want what you want to end up being like. So um, you can make you can make small little adjustments, and over a period of three months, you can change quite quite significantly. But it's about making the player understand what, what you want from it as well. And then then once once they understand, mm-hmm. and once they sort of feel it as well, then then the change is going to happen quicker. So it's, it's quite do quite you, important as well, I think. Do you change? Up to three weeks before a tournament, or do you just little things, little things every single day, even three days before the tournament, even during the tournament? Well, it's one of those things. Um, if you, yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think I think it's one of those things that if, if you see something mm-hmm. uh, and, you, and you see something like needs to be worked on, do you, do you still want to work on it three weeks before a tournament, or? Are you happy to go through the tournament without working on it? Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to think that you probably got to try and work on it as soon as you see it. Mm-hmm. Um, depending, depending on the tournament, really. But mm-hmm. I think at a young age, uh, yeah, like it's as soon as, as soon as you can see it, you can, you can work on it, even if it's in a tournament. I know there's been plenty of times uh, during tournaments that I've like got a player and gone, all right, let's do more serving, or let's let's work on a short ball, or let's. Let's work on your mid-court backhand, or let's mm-hmm. let's work on a defensive shot. So, as, as soon as you see it, you need to try and work on it. Otherwise, otherwise you're allowing the person to go through the next little phase of their of their tennis life mm-hmm. with with that imperfection. So, okay, okay, all right. So you mentioned serving just then. Um, yep. Would you? I, I did a poll on social media recently, and. Um, it was really interesting how well over half of the trainings, and this is came from both 
you know, just purely from Melbourne tennis community, from both parents, players, and, and coaches. Most of them have their serving practices at the end of a session. Um, what What's your take, and what are some of your approaches? I I, t- I tend to vary vary it sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. Look, again, if that if, if it's always at the end, then sometimes you might find that the players are always tired. Mm-hmm. So. You're going to get a, you're going to get a tired tired result. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to sometimes even get warmed up, mm-hmm. have a quick have a quick hit, and mm-hmm. and get, get get the feel, and then start out with serving. Um, mm-hmm. And it depends on depends on your on your session as well. If you're, if you're having a match play session, or if you're having like a point point based session or tactic session, then it might be might be more useful to start off with serving and get that happening, and and then have the other person down there other end returning mm-hmm. as well. Um, Try to start off with that, mm-hmm. uh, but again, yeah, I like I like to stagger it sometimes. Sometimes in the middle, sometimes at the end, mm-hmm. whatever. If, if, if the player's a bit more tired, or if the player needs a need to break, or or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be adaptable. Yeah, I, I've, and also another thing I've been speaking to other coaches is that um, we all we all believe that um, in some way is that second serve is very under craft. Would you agree? Well, yeah, that's 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 one of, that's one of my my big my big stats and one of my big key, big key learning mm-hmm. points for the kids is is that uh, is I think if you go through a lot of results, I think at least eighty percent of matches are won by the person that has the highest winning percentage of second serve returns, um, and that's that's across the board. Like if you go through. There's not too many times the person wins the second serve stat and of, of the points won on second serves mm-hmm. and loses the match. So that's interesting. That. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So, second serve return. Okay. How 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 well you can deal with your first second serve mm-hmm. and how well you can deal with your opponent's second serve. Because again, again, like under pressure, you can't you can't probably you can't count on your first serve going in. So it's, what can you do with your second serve? And what can you do with their second serve? Um, wow. Under pressure. Is there ever a time where you go to a player and you say, "If you can win your second serve, you can win the match"? Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you, if you, if you, can, if you can figure out how to win points on your second serve, or if you can figure out how to win points on your opponent's second serve, put some pressure on, try to get the double fold out of there, mm-hmm. then, then naturally their, sec- their first serve is going to drop down. So. Just, just keep trying things like that. Keep, keep, keep trying in the, in the match, and, and keep trying to figure things out. And if, if you can keep trying to figure things out, mm-hmm. then at some point you're going to find a solution. So. Oh wow. Okay. Now, there's another thing that it's very um, under-trained, in, in my opinion, is that um, return of serve. Now, return of serve, obviously, you got the first and second, but I reckon the second serve of the return serve. And how you place the ball? Are you going to yep. place the middle third? Are you going to place deep? Are you going to play cross court? Are you going to play off backhand or off forehand? What are some of your uh, experiences and, and, and approach on, on, on this? Um, well, I've been lucky been lucky over, over the years to to have uh, some great coaches and, and some great friends who are in tennis and mm-hmm. and like at high levels and, and and being around them and even. And then around Australian Open time, being around a few friends who who are coaching at the Australian Open and playing the Australian Open, and mm. just sitting 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 back and listening, mm. and uh, like that's some of my favourite time of the year. Um, and then listening listening in on, on those sort of things, and and at the higher levels and uh, at at sort of a good level, it, it turns into the first serve return is is try to try to get the point ball back into play and try to neutralise the point. Um, mm. And second serve is is try to do something with it, be aggressive. Mm. So I don't, I don't I don't mind players missing returns, aggressive, and they're and they're choosing the right decisions. Um, yeah, but you you want to try to make the right decisions and be aggressive on the second serve, first serve, do whatever you can to get into play and try to try to get into the point as many times as you can. So you want so you want second serve, return of serve. Um, to step in more, you know, after the split step, and you know, just trying to push the ball deep as possible. Yeah, look, um, I, I, I look at 
Uh, the two two people I, I, I probably look out for returns are probably uh, Djokovic and, and, and Andre Agassi from years ago. So, Andre Agassi. <laughs> so I probably I probably don't use the Agassi uh, the theory anymore because not the pe- not too many people know about it anymore, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Djokovic, he, he likes try try to try to find try to find the position in the court where where the power is where you can stand where you can handle the power. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't I don't like moving backwards or, or moving too far forwards mm-hmm. on return. I, I want, want you to find your spot mm-hmm. um, and then be able to play from there. If, yeah. if, the, serve comes in, if the serve comes in softer, mm-hmm. of course you can move forward, but I, I want you to find your spot mm-hmm. and return from there. Now, okay. All right. Firstly, shout out to Andre Agassi. He's one of my favorite um, player um, in the 90s. Um, shout Fine. out to Agassi. Also. Yeah. Um, another thing is you, you said you want to you play forward. Now, on clay... Now, everyone can, can do, well, juniors, you know, after age 14, 15, everyone is starting to use kick serve as a second serve to, to push the ball back, to push the ball out wide. Now, numerous times when I saw a lot of um, players, you know, both girls and boys, that they have to hit the ball, let's say, kick it, serve out wide, and it's backhand, and it's like three meters behind, behind the baseline, and just trying to loop the ball all the way back. Now, yep. sometimes I find... Second serve is more um, uh, place more offense uh, in terms of serves. Um, so how do you how do you know how do you how do you get into to, to so called steal time for the second serve in order to play you know like Agassi or or Djokovic to actually get that good uh, return off second serve or especially kick serve. Yeah, well, again, it goes back to goes back to what I was saying earlier about finding a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, find, find, some, some players might be short, some players might be tall, some people, some players may not have a great backhand, may, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, stand, stand, and vary position until, until you can find a solution. Mm-hmm. If, if, if standing forward, if standing forward and, and blocking return up the line and, and doing that sort of stuff is winning a point for you, then fantastic. Mm-hmm. If not, move back a bit and vary position to return from. Um, and then, then if you, then then when you come back to the practice court later on, then if if one of them's not working, then we can work on it. Um, then that gives that gives the players like the ownership to come and say, I need to work on need to work on return a serve, uh, second serve, and coming forward so we can work on that. But during the match, do whatever do whatever you need to do to find that solution. Mm-hmm. Right, that's beautiful. So. Um, I, I have men- I have heard uh, coaches um, thinking that um, first serve just go for power, for speed, and hopefully some accuracy. But second serve is really about placement, and the you know some, I don't know, but a lot of times when I see second serve, they always either body or wide. Um, what's your take dif- difference between T body and wide? Um, again, it's like. I want I want I want each player to be able to serve everywhere, uh, and then then between between three different kids, three different kids will have uh, better serves down the middle and, and body and, and and wide. So then then again under pressure, I want I want you to serve your favourite serve initially. I want you to serve your favourite serve. Where where do you like where do you like that serve first of all, and do that first. Um, then when you get up to a higher level, uh, past the development stage of, of, of 16, 17, that sort of stuff, it, uh, then what, what's working more? What is, what is my opponent, what, what, what's going to work against my opponent here? And then do it that way. So um, it starts, you've got to develop, if you, you've just got to understand if you're in the development phase or if then you're at the more performance level, mm. and then, then, then go with what works. Okay. Now, all right, let's uh, slowly move. Actually, the, the the next part is actually close to with uh, in relation with 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 um, serving as well. I find over the years as a sports trainer, um, listening to to conversation, not eavesdropping, but like sometimes I, I hear conversations, is that uh, a lot of coaches talk about consistency. Now, consistency between matches, consistency between points, consistency between serves. Now, how do you, as a coach, develop and or elevate this this element of the game? Um, I think I think initially I think initially when I, when I started coaching, 
spoke about getting serves in. Mm. So in, in the, on the practice court, little Johnny walks up and, and serves and, and gets seven out of ten in, and you go, oh, fantastic, that's awesome. Um, and then as as you keep on going, it's in realising in match situations, when, when they're trying to serve to the backhand or they're trying to serve body or they're trying to serve tee, uh, then they're not having success doing that. So it's then more about on the practice court, trying to, trying to get them to go through the same routine and have the same thought process as what they're doing in the match. Um, you can't serve and try and get it in the court. On the, on the practice court, you've got, to, you've got to serve with purpose and serve with an idea in your head of let's let's serve out wide, let's uh, let's let's do that, and let's let's try and let's try and serve with some purpose every time. Mm. Um, probably my, my one of my clear recollections of growing up um, through latest part of juniors was was watching Mark Felpusis mm-hmm. going out in the practice court and just with, with just just balls mm-hmm. and just, just serving. Mm. Just spent spent half an hour now serving and I'm just looking at the guy going oh, why isn't he what <laughs> turned out the guy's got one of, one of the best serves of all time so mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I know who's right on that one <laughs> right okay now um, if you or when you go to AO um, when you and when you watch some of the pros doing serving what, what were some of the Routines and little uh, details that you find differently than, I guess, Australian players or even Australian junior players. They, first of all, their, their warm up, mm-hmm. the warm up of the warm up of actually of, of how how they prepare the body for serving, uh, the stretching and, and and that sort of stuff. I remember seeing uh, Andy Roddick mm-hmm. and just just being in amazement the, the, the flexibility in his shoulders and. And that sort of stuff about the positions. He, yeah, like even even thought, thinking about it now, my my arm's hurting. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then just again, just making it simple. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times we we put like a lot of cones, a lot of lot of different things that serve at uh, pros, but they don't have that access to that. They mm-hmm. put they put one tennis ball, one tennis ball in the spot where they want want to try and serve, and then then they might try and change it into a different area and. One tennis ball there, and, and then that, that's a target. Mm-hmm. Make it, make it very simple. Make it um, very clear about where you want to try and serve the ball. Mm. Okay. Now, um, now slowly moving to uh, other other side of tennis. Now, in your experience and and values, or what what is one difference between a good coach and a great coach? Uh, again, like uh, I, I think, that, I think the communication mm-hmm. and their understanding of their understanding of, of all all things together, like uh, the tactical part, the technical part, and the, also the, the scouting of the opponent, so your opponent opponent's strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, got, you got to be able to put time in. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to you got to you got to be able to the long hours during a tournament. Not only with your player, but then he, as soon as as soon as you know the players through, or or if if the people that that possibly are your next opponents are playing, is going watching that, mm-hmm. um, and then preparing preparing your players as well, making it clear to your players what you want, having little goals, uh, and yeah, just just keeping it keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. The more complicated you make it, the the harder it is to process for a player. So. Um, Try to keep try to keep it simple, and try to also be clear in what you want, and and also, yeah, and also, yeah, make 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 your player know that you believe in them, and and yeah, and that sort of stuff. So, okay, right. What is uh one tip you want to give to all the tennis parents in Australia? Tennis parents in Australia. <laughs> you want to give two? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let your kid let your kid have fun. And then, and then trust the process. Mm-hmm. Trust if, if you trust your coach, trust the coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you, your kids, your kids are going to go through little phases where the coach is going to have to discipline your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, if if the, if the player feels that there's a connection there, then they'll take they'll take it. The kids, the kids know the kids know when they when they when they need reward rewarding and, and if they need to be pulled up. Um, trust the process. Let the kids have fun uh, and. Try to try to be take it easy on that car ride home. 
<laughs> no one ever said that. No one ever said that. This is a good one. This is a good one. So for those who 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 who, who don't know that I've been doing um, tennis of urban been doing um, a combo since the first lockdown. So I think um, today I just released number 130 uh, 130th combo, and um, no one ever said about this riding car home. I always have to bring up myself, and there's always that awkward moment. Now. If you're okay, I'm 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 gonna put on for for parents now. Okay, so if you're parents, and you know that it's gonna be an, an interesting and slash awkward um, ride home, whether verbal or non-verbal connection with your with your child or children. Um, so Nathan, what is maybe one tip that you want to share in order to have to put it this way? in order to, to keep the whole family still together. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, like, it's, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with honest communication. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah, most, most of the time, if, if, you, if your kid is at a, at a good level, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to know when they've done well, they're going to know when they've done, when they're done poorly. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if, if that ride home is, is you bring up what they did wrong, mm-hmm. more than likely the child already knows. <laughs> right. The child already knows, and, mm-hmm. and what what you're only only doing by bringing that up is making the child feel like worse, and also the child's going to feel you're not my coach. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, they just need sometimes sometimes they just need you to be the parent in that in that situation. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't, don't, you, don't, you don't need to sometimes be the coach. Mm-hmm. Let, let let the child communicate with the coach. And the coach will say, um, if, if they're not there watching, the coach will say, hey, well, what did you feel about the match today? And then they'll, they'll bring it out. Mm-hmm. And then if, if they bring it out, then you're going to have much more chance of, of having success. Mm-hmm. If, if you're telling the kid all the time, mm-hmm. then it's going to go the other way. All right. I, I see what you're saying, Nathan. What you're saying is try not to be the voice and one only voice in, in your child or the player's head. Have yep. have a different voice. Even even just let's say you finish the match at three, um, and then let's say you know what, I'll come back to you at half past. In the meantime, go mingle around with your friends and family, and call your coach if you want to, and I'll I'll pick you up at three thirty. Even you're supposed to leave at three, but then you rather to give that you know fifteen thirty minutes of the I guess the mental recovery time. It helps with, you know, uh, the, the the ride back home, even though it's going to be, you know, I don't know, in traffic jam or something. But at least there, the relationship can be recollected, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But that double fault they served on match point is still going to be the same half an hour, an hour later. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> like, you want your kid to still go through the... Let your kid go through the warm down. Go, mm-hmm. go stretch. Mm-hmm. Go, just go, and then go, go sit and just be by yourself for five, ten minutes. Get yourself together. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be rushed mm-hmm. because if, if you're making, if you're making valid points with, with, with your discussion, then it's, it's still going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's a half an hour or forty-five minutes later. Yeah, the worst, the worst thing to do is, is to go up to, like as a coach, I've done it. I'm guilty as well. I've done it in the past and. Mm-hmm. Um, is go speak to the players straight off the match, <laughs> <laughs> or a parent coming off the court and then just shaking their head or or whatever. Uh, the kid knows. The kid let 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 the kid let the kid be upset about losing, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or let the kid yeah like the same same as let the kid like let the kid enjoy the win. Mm-hmm. We're talking about losing all the time, but mm-hmm. let the kid enjoy the win. Um, let him go through the process. Let him, again, same. Let, let the process be the same. Win or lose, go do your warm, go do your warm down. Have a bit of time yourself. We'll chat about the match a bit later. Nice. I just think if, if, you, if you make the same for win and lose, then the kids are going to be uh, <laughs> not looking forward to the ride home. Mm. <laughs> so Love it. That, that's what we want. Wow! I just uh, wow. This is this is good. This is good. So, all right. Um, on the player wise, okay, just on the player. Um, this is probably my first time um, asking this. So, in your opinion, how do you define champion? 
Well, well, yeah. I think I think it's that. I think it's a combination of everything. It's 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 a uh, it's having it's having the having the ability to to really want really really want to learn and get better. Win or lose. Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember having one little player um, from China and. And she was only only young and played played out here in our I think in our clay courts championships uh, a couple of years ago now. Mm-hmm. And she played against a girl that I didn't, I didn't know at the time, but she was number one, number one ranked player in Australia. Mm-hmm. And she played. I think she was maybe lost six three six four, maybe a break up in the second set, uh, mm-hmm. close match. And I, I didn't even realise at the time. And then came off the match and she was quite upset. Almost like, like upset with herself because she lost. Not, and the first thing that came out of her head uh, was, Nathan, how do I get better? <laughs> and the girl was like 11. I'm like, wow. And I said, you realise, we said, go through the match, and we were talking about the match, and I've videoed a lot of the match and, and analysed. And at the end of it, I said, you realise this girl is number one in Australia? And mm. she looked at me like, really? Like, <laughs> I said, I just want you to understand that because mm-hmm. you're that disappointed, so that's your level. You, you, you're actually disappointed for losing, so that that's an attitude. She's she's come off the court and analyzed the serve, and she like she'd I'd walk away and she'd still be looking at the serve and analyzing the serve and analyzing the forehand and the backhand and everything we spoke about. She wants to see it. She wants to see it in slow motion, mm-hmm. and I, I could I could let her do that for. A couple of hours and she'd still be doing the same thing. So that sort of thing you can't you can't teach that sort of thing. And some kids don't don't want to see the negative or or what to work on, um, and some do. Mm. Can you be a co- can you be a champion coach? Well, yeah, one thousand percent. Yeah, and that's uh, like a little. I, I think the same same sort of thing applies. Is, is to I'm constantly uh, looking at little drills and uh, just, just in my everyday life is is, is tennis is tennis is there most most of the time and, and seeing little drills and, and seeing little philosophies and seeing little kids play and, and seeing results of players and just just immersing yourself in tennis and and seeing what other coaches are doing and uh, just just picking apart what what they what, what you like and what you can use and, and how you can adapt to your own coaching um, and also just just wanting to be a better coach every every time. Um, I think I think that's very important. Is just is that the coach I am now is is completely different to ten years ago, mm-hmm. and completely different to where where I'm going to be in ten years, mm-hmm. hopefully. <laughs> so just keep on keep on progressing and keep on learning. Like there's so many things to learn, and oh. it's, so you, know, you, you never learn everything. Mm-hmm. So as a coach. Um, do you have any mentors or people who you share? Um, if you say you hit a, a maybe a bottleneck, or you, it's like you, you're not sure whether how you you're gonna approach in in a I guess in a different level. Um, do you have anyone you to, to go to, or or how do you how do you uh, work with this say that mental um, that mental yeah, again and the, the the mental block? Yeah, look, I think like just in general general life that you have. Uh, I'm lucky to have some good friends who, who are all, like most of them involved in tennis. Um, on a, on a probably like higher level, um, and sort of like educational level. Like I've got a good friend of mine, his name's Stephen Huss. Um, I spent a lot of time with, at the Australian Opens. Uh, he has players always, and the people he knows is, is insane. Um, so being around him sometimes is, is, Educational. Like I think one time uh, at the Australian Open, we had a chat with Wayne Arthurs for probably 60, 90 minutes, just in downtime, mm-hmm. and just talking about serving and what what to do. Like another time, we we sat down and, and spoke to Craig O'Shaughnessy for a couple of hours mm-hmm. about the work he was doing with Djokovic and how he got involved in that. And and I was like, I'm I'm awestruck. I'm the education I'm getting just by having general conversations and then being around Steve and, and with his players and seeing the way he communicates with his players and the procedures and routines that they go through for 
matches and tournaments is is really good. So, um, and then having then having other friends who are coaches in Melbourne just generally keep on talking about what's going on in Melbourne and and at club level and and yeah little things you can do better and and that sort of stuff. Uh, then friends at Tennis Australia and yeah constantly talking with different people on about different things. So wow. yeah, I'm, I'm probably pretty lucky in in, in mentors and, and friends. Nice. Okay. Well, what is your one tip for junior tennis these days? I'm talking between age twelve to seventeen. Uh, number one tip for a twelve to seventeen year old mm, yeah. is mm. to want to get better every day. Yeah. What like even even now like. You can't you can't play on court at the moment. What what can you do? What can you do right now to that's going to put you in a better position when when we come back to playing tennis? What can we be doing right now? And that's probably just mentally, just going through mentally going through little things of tennis like tactics, and then working on your fitness, working on your stretching, working on, on your strength. Um, just just work on and your footwork. Um, work just work on things right now that you, that you can improve. Okay, so. What's your what's your, um what's one tip for your junior tennis? If you can go back and tell your fifteen year old Nathan, uh, believe in yourself more. Oh, I oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I actually had a couple of similar answers. Yep. Now, my my question to that is: How do you know that you didn't believe yourself enough when you well, were juniors? Well, I, 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 I pretty much that's when I came back from college. I, I, or even during college is the time I sort of decided no, I've, I've had enough. Like um, I, I got probably lost in the in the in the thought of of uh, I've got a mathematical brain. Mm-hmm. So like, All right, guys. Sorry, sorry. There was a bit of connection issues. Now coming back to saying. Uh, you come back to college, and uh, you're not really into the. Did you mention the term mathematical cream? Yeah, I got a, I got a mathematical brain, so naturally uh, I sat there and went, "Well, there's 200 Division One colleges. There's six players playing per college. Uh, then there's the rest of the world. <laughs> that's that's just in college. It's 1,200. Um, then there's Europe. Then there's Asia. Then there's Australia. Uh, then there's then there's the pros. And growing up as a kid, like, do you want to be three thousand in the world, <laughs> or two thousand in the world? Um, no, it's not it's not the way it is. And then 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 you see other players that that you know uh, that are a little bit older or same age that, that are struggling, and they're they're trying to play professionally, and you go. Well, if they're not if they're not making it, what chance have I got? Um, as opposed to yeah, like now I, I look at it and go, the person that works hardest for the longest will end up being the best player. Mm-hmm. What what you do as a junior and what you do seventeen eighteen isn't isn't that important. Um, you've got to you've got to have the right tools involved at that stage, but it's the person that sticks at it the longest mm-hmm. that will end up having the most success. Okay, all right. Now let's. Um tone it down back a little bit for those uh, people who, who've endured or enjoyed, should I say, um, tennis a little bit longer than most of our listeners. All right. I'm just going to target people who've been around tennis a long, long time. All right. So if you will. Um, favorite tennis player in the 90s? Well, in the 90s? Men and women. Uh, in the 90s, uh, Andre Agassi mm-hmm. and... Jennifer Capriati. Hey, love Jennifer, love Jennifer, <laughs> love Jennifer. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't disagree. All right, but for me, it will be Yevgeny Kalfonikov and Monica Seles. Oh yeah, well, yeah, Monica, Monica, yeah, Monica Seles is probably the second one for me. So yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yes. Um, what is some of the things or the players in the nineties, their legacy and their, their craftsmanship? They slowly build into the two thousands or even to two thousand to twenty twenty. Uh, well, I think I think my memory of is the demise of the demise of the single hand backhand. <laughs> my, my picture of the eighties and the nineties and mm-hmm. then the two thousands is is 
single hand backhand at Berg Becker, Michael yep. Stick, mm-hmm. uh, Ivan Lendl, and then then it slowly fades into Agassi, Kafelnikov, Rios, mm-hmm. Safin. Rios, Hill. you can't forget Rios. Yes, Rios, love him. Uh-huh. So yeah, I think I think the demise. Demise, of the, and then that that probably led to the demise of, of the volley. So okay. yeah, the baseline the baseline game. Would, yeah, probably transition from from transition from the, the net to the baseline, and that probably mm. enhanced the, the, the change from volleying to, to staying on the baseline with a two hander. Do you know what I want to see? I want to see junior tennis players if they can serve and volley on the second serve. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah I, I, I remember having I remember having uh, training sessions where the rule was you had to serve volley, you had to serve volley first and second serve, you had to serve volley, and and you played and like unfortunately the most kids today would do that and they'd lose they'd lose. If they're serving second serves, they'd lose, and they'd go, "No, I don't like that. Like mm-hmm. that. I'm, I'm, why, why are you making me lose?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as opposed to, how can I possibly, at thirty forty, mm-hmm. at an important time, how can I possibly win that point? Like, take the person by surprise and get out of get out of a break point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's 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 gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just I just uh, I. I I personally miss the serve and volley game because um, simply it's not not it's 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 going to be faster because the points are shorter. But serve and volley has that um, you're going to be so confident with your serves in order for you to to approach the net, and that's probably something we haven't seen as much recent years. And people like to play a little bit conservative; they want to have more rallies, which is you know different type of games. But when you were playing, were you what kind of style uh, were you? Seven volley or over? I I, I, I love the net. I, I love the net, and I, mm-hmm. I love trying to get to the net. Mm-hmm. So um, I think my I was okay from the baseline. Had a had a decent forehand. Mm-hmm. Probably chip my backhand mm-hmm. and hit a slice mm-hmm. regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd, I'd probably try and work work the ball around and, and then and, and get into the net. Is, okay. is what, I, what I wanted to try and do. Right. Um, naturally, in singles, it didn't happen as much, but more and more in doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was like, I love getting to net. Right. Okay. Now, um, back to a bit of a vintage uh, in the nineties tennis. Um, what were some of the memorable? Uh, did you go to AO in the, in the nineties? Did I? Did I go? Sorry, repeat did, that. Did you Did you watch AO um, in the nineties or even play it? I, I I went to every Australian Open every year. Uh, again, my friend of mine, Stephen Huss, uh, had a cousin that was a Swedish tennis player, uh, Nicholas Kulti, yep. who was a top 30 player, and he was number one junior in the world, so I think initially he played juniors, but all the way through, we'd have tickets and passes from that young, and then, then progressing then, pro- then progressing into playing in the juniors, mm-hmm. I think that was back in, I don't want to give away the year, but I think it was 1992. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, then then since then always always been friends and friends playing or mm. or friends coaching. So okay, yeah, Nathan, like from, Nathan, from day dot. Nathan, I'm like, going to put you in a very uncomfortable position now. Um, one is that uh, I have every single Australian Open um, magazines since forever since the '89. Wow. Now, yes, in front of me, like literally in front of me right now. Now I want you to pick your favorite year in the say anywhere between 1990 to 2015, and I'm going to grab that and I'm going to have a chat. Pick a year. Okay, uh, I would have to say, ooh, ooh, well, I, re- I reckon it'd be early on, like uh, maybe, maybe the year Cash lost to Edberg. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? Uh, 90. Two, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was early. Like it was, it was around. Yeah, it was pretty early around. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, I'll grab ninety two. How's that? Okay. I'll, I'll yeah, grab ninety two. Yep. Yeah, well, ninety two should be good because I, I I played in junior. So. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna tell you. All right. So again, I don't have all the copyrights to you know for for the magazine. So I'm not gonna post a lot about these. But the, this this magazine for those who are interested. I found it in a garage sale. I got it next to nothing. Um, wow. It was very good, immaculate, you know, condition. And at the same time, I um, I also I think I bought um, the guy 
a, a cup of coffee because he's just literally going to move out. And um, I think he was um, he was just a, a simply a tennis lover like like all of us, and uh, he just kept it all. And then um, I even had um, long long time. I even had the, um, the what do you call it, a ground pass. From 1997 or something like that, I, I kept it just uh, just for souvenir. Alrighty, here we go. 1992 tennis, folks. So um, uh, I am just browsing around. I see Pat Cash. Um, and uh, oh, on the side note, I've been watching. Uh, oh, sorry, watching. I've been reading um, Ian Barclay's story about um, uh, uh, Pat Cash and and Winters and all that. Mark Harnett. Oh, this is some crazy stories. All right. Um, wow. Alright, let's see, let's look at, um, Mary, oh, Mary Jo Fernandez, oh, God, I love her. Mary Jo, uh, Mary Jo Fernandez held a match point on Sellers at the 1991 Open. Wow, Mary Jo Fernandez. What, what do you, what do you remember, remember about Mary Jo? Mary Jo had, uh, a very, uh, American, American two-handed backhand, mm -hmm. very, uh, fierce competitor, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like she was, she was, she was top ten, Top ten player in the world. Mm -hmm. um, I remember her her backhand being very. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I remember her backhand being very strong. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I remember her competing hard. That's mm -hmm. that's one of the things I remember from her. Okay, okay. Now uh, I'm gonna say these names that I don't think half of you guys uh, don't even know. Mr. Guy Forget. <laughs> Guy Forget. Guy Forget, left-hander. Yeah. From uh, from France. Yeah. I think he. I think he, was, he used to have Lacoste. Mm -hmm. Lacoste shirt and Lacoste runner. Yes. Oh my God! He, you know that, Jesus. And and I think he had a he had a Rossignol racket. Yeah. Oh wow! Wow, it's crazy. Oh, jeez. Amazing hit. A massive first serve. Massive first serve. Nice. Nice. Um, for Jim Courier, um, he, is, he is the my first, my first probably last tennis player who actually can hit the ball and spinning sideways. Would you agree? Yep. Spinning sideways, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, like he, yeah, he, he, he was he was the guy that won the Australian Open and jumped in the in the era. Mm -hmm. um, and then yeah, like I'll, I'll bring it back to Stephen Huff again, who who now post tennis has become good friends with him. So last year's Australian Open, or this year's Australian Open, mm -hmm. uh, we shared a courtesy car with him, and just having, just listening in on the conversation was just, just um, insane, just wow. amazing. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I normally talk a lot, uh -huh. <laughs> and I, I found myself very silent, just listening. Wow. So yeah, amazing. Mm -hmm. Now there is a, I've got to have a little confession to make, that um, apart from Anna Konnikova, Monica Sellers, and few others, but I have a photo of her, and uh, I have a bit of a crush on her. I'm not afraid to say it. And her Kornikova? name Kornikova. Uh, Kornikova, I mentioned earlier, but um, yep. a lady, beautiful lady from Argentina, Gabriela, Gabriela? Sabatini. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, I, I, I think again early on, uh, when, as soon as, as soon as as soon as you say to me again, what did you like about this round open? Mm -hmm. And straight away, those, those sort of things are the things that you think about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's, it's always been the way with, if, mm -hmm. uh, with, with tennis, is that, is that you, you've, you, like, you like the tennis players, mm -hmm. and then uh, the way they play, and you also mm -hmm. like the beautiful tennis players. Mm, nice. So. Okay. Wow, look, I'm, I'm looking at, they, they say, oh, the future of, say, because back then it's, um, they called it the, um, Ford Australian Hot Shots. <laughs> I remember those. Yeah, yep, oh. yeah, I remember that. But yeah, that little, little, little blue little logo. Yeah. And then Ford Hot Shots. Ford Hot Shots. And uh, I, used to, I used to watch this and I was sticking in front of the TV every single night. Oh, yep. This is good times. And I remember, oh my God, I've got a photo of Leander Pace. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. He's going for his six, um, six uh, Olympics next year. Yep. Well, he, he, he was he was still. He, he, I think he's still. He's always still playing right now. So that's yeah, he played. Nineteen ninety-two. So twenty twenty-eight years later, he's, he's still almost playing. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, like he's he's the only guy probably on tour mm -hmm. that has coaches that are younger than him. Really? 
like if it's, if people people to play and, and retire, and then he gets in to coach them, and and he's older, he's older than the coaches. Oh, interesting, interesting. Jeez, okay. Yeah, now I'm looking at these magazines, man. These are just vintage, you know. And um, I'm looking at um, okay. So I had Mary Jo. Oh, we forgot to mention one legend, and I I apologize. Um, Steffi Graf. Oh wow! Yeah. Yep, hold. Her yeah, forehand, man. I her forehand. Especially, especially early on the Australian Open, mm. like uh, around those times, her and, her and Monica Sellers, mm. I think, lit up, lit up the place. Would you say Steffi Graf and Monica Sellers, uh, you know, and also Everett and Martina, and those kind of era really, really is one pivot point to the pivot, um, I guess, that the change of direction that makes or that made tennis the, the the right way like it really yeah exploded. like, like if, 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 you, if you talk about if you talk about uh women's sport mm-hmm. and then then you mentioned then mm-hmm. you mentioned back in those times um never over chris evett mm-hmm. Jeffrey graf Monica Sellers, mm-hmm. then uh, like you you would easily sit there and think that mm-hmm. those those women are equally as popular as the men Mm. Um, as of the time, Becker and maybe maybe not quite mm. as equally popular, but respectable, mm. um, respected amongst the tennis players, mm. as, as your Becker and your Ivan Lendl and your Stefan Eberg and your Jim Courier, those names all go together. Like yeah. if you said if, if I if I alternated names and said, mm. okay, let's name one man and one woman, mm. it, it, it wouldn't be a drop off. Yeah. If yeah. you said Eberg, Graf, uh, Courier. Uh, Sellers, uh, Wendell, Navratilova, like all those sort of names, and you're going, wow, they're, they're all good names. Mm. Now, I, I have a photo I, I do wanted to share with our listeners, and I've got to say, you have, this is, this, this is where tennis has slowly changed to, to, in terms of technology. Do you still remember, and I don't expect all oh, half of our listeners remember this, but um, do you still remember there still be a, a net umpire? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I remember occasionally the net umpire getting hit. Yeah, off a return. But the, I got to say, they got they, they had the best seat in the house. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they uh, yeah, the the net net player net play like or the returner like drilling a return but miss hitting it slightly, mm-hmm. uh, hitting it late, and it going straight in the head of of the of the net mm-hmm. <laughs> the net judge. Mm-hmm. So, Jeez. yeah. Wow, good times, good times, good times. What's new in '92? Fish and chips, gourmet sausages. Uh, oh man, oh they were even saying the price. I'm not gonna say the price because it makes me feel like you know that. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about the price over in AO. It, it is a bit pricey, but um, it's it's like a dollar twenty. <laughs> well, yeah, I always, always had a feeling like it was it was expensive. Like no matter, no matter, no matter the time, uh-huh. like eventually you just sort of went, all right, I'll, I'll try and get a chips, a, yeah. a chips, and maybe get a hot dog or something like that, and yeah. and, and share the chips with a, you go with a, with a friend, you share the chips with a friend, and you have a hot dog. <laughs> mm, oh, <laughs> now I don't know about this. Maybe you 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 would know a little bit more than I do. Is that it says Australia's Grant Doyle and Joshua Eagle claim the boys' doubles crown. Yep. Do you know them? Absolutely. Yeah. No way. Uh, Josh Eagle ended up being a, a top twenty in the world uh, doubles player, mm-hmm. uh, like very handy singles player, probably borderline top hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then was a great doubles team with with Andrew Florent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were perennial perennial top ten in the world doubles team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think he even married a, a tennis player that was Barbara Shett, who was top mm-hmm. fifty, top thirty singles player. Uh, he's still involved in tennis. I know he still coaches mm-hmm. in, up in Queensland. I think uh, Grant Doyle won won the juniors in '92. Uh, was like was as a junior was phenomenal. Okay. Like you, you talk about any junior we had coming through, and, and Grant Doyle was equal with him. Um, he, he, I got to know him. He's, he was friends with another in '92. He won the boys doubles with Brad Cini. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I was a groomsman in Brad Cini's wedding, and, and Grant was there as well. I think he was a groomsman, um, so I got to know him. Uh, but he's a guy that got to about 110 in the world, 120 mm-hmm. something like that. Jeez. But again, would look back and people go, wow, he, had, he only got 120. 
he was like, he was amazing. I think he played, played maybe Stefan Edberg, maybe one year, maybe it was, uh, he, he competed, he was amazing. If you watch him play, and you, you thought he was going to be a top 50 player easy. Wow. You know what, I'm going to give you a shout out on your Instagram page of Tennis of Melbourne, if you can get this right, okay? Can you please tell me, this should, this should be semi-easy, so can you please tell me the men's singles, women's singles, and boys' singles winner? I haven't got the girls' winner um, in my page, but we'll start with, yeah, so men, so who, who won the singles, uh, men, in 91? Uh, 91 or 92? 91, 91, because it says the champions uh, of 91. Well, this 91. guy, this guy beat Ivan, uh, Ivan Lendl. What, sorry? This guy beat Ivan Lendl in the he final. beat Ivan Lendl, so I'd have to say, I'd have to say Stefan Eberg. Oh, very close. Boris Becker. Okay. Ah. Um, the, for the ladies, it's her yeah. maiden Grand Slam of the year. It would have to be Monica Sells. Correct. If you can get this right, alright, if you get this right, it's a huge shout out for your Instagram page. Um, uh, who won the boys singles final? Oh my lord, I know this. I know, I know 92 was uh, Grant Doyle. Yep. 91. Uh, 91. Uh, I would think it would be Thomas Pinkfist. Oh my god. Spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'll give you, I'll definitely give you a shout out for that. I'll definitely give you a shout out. Wow, this is. The girls, I think it's Jory Mary Jo Fernandez. I need to look it up. For, hey, 1990, for... 1992, the girls was Joanne Limmer. Oh, who was a, really? A, mate, a great friend of mine who's, who was, again, as a junior, was absolutely amazing and beat Lindsay Davenport in the final. Oh, Lindsay Davenport. Gosh, man, good names. Um, and in 91, mm-hmm. in 91, uh, wow. Yeah, I think you got me 91. I'm yeah, not sure about the women's, the girls there, but mm. yeah. Wow, this uh, it goes back to a lot of memories. I reckon I should, I should, well, we should do more of a um, '90s tennis. So just, just, just bring that, you know, this beautiful, you know. Every time I talk about AL, I can just feel the heat. I can just talk yep. about, think, you know, feel like the, the the green surface, the 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 long messy hair, um, you know. Even even and back then there wasn't a a, a, a Hawkeye. So yep. it's like when someone goes off, like Johnny Mac or whoever goes off at the umpire, and we all, as the audience, is watching TV. It was just like, and all all the all the technology back then, it was just more like slow motion, back and forth, back and forth, and you can hear the commentator going, "Oh, it looks like in, it looks like out, it's questionable, but you know, it is what it is." <laughs> yeah, like you had, you, had to, you had to replay, so everyone was, would still be fifty. You'd be arguing with the person you're with at home, like fifty-fifty of if whether it was in or out, was yeah. even on the replay. Yeah. Whereas now you got Hawkeye, so takes away the argument. Yeah, and plus, <laughs> and plus the green, the green surface. In my opinion, I I really think that blue surface is just better. It's easier yep. for the eye. That's just my opinion. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, it was known at those times as well that that green surface was stickier. So a lot of people used to in the heat used to. Uh, do their ankles. He used to stick to the court more, and, and yeah, and, and do the ankle. I remember Sabatini getting wheelchaired off the court one year. Oh, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of players did their ankles more. Is but, it because the heat and the, the the surface and the fabric, and then becomes becomes stickier, and then uh, it doesn't allow you to slide like the blue court? Yeah, we used, used to become like used to become like rubber, and then the city sort of used to almost half boil. Mm-hmm. So then the, the surface used to become a bit more softer and a bit more liquidy so then mm-hmm. it almost like glue mm-hmm. and and you'd, you'd, you'd slide or step and, and, your, and, your sh- and your shoe would stick to the court more oh wow jeez you know what Nathan we we're definitely going to do a, a 2.1 on, on 90s tennis we'll do like 99 next time or something like that <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, 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 
I'll go, I'll do, do, do some research for some, <laughs> and, and remember those times. And straight away, as soon as you say that, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to picture in my head. Oh. I'm trying to picture in my head that that time. So, mm. yeah. good times, good times. Well, Nathan, thank you very much for your time and energy, and and all the listeners. Uh, do apology for some connection issues, and uh, even the first. You probably, if you probably couldn't or didn't hear the first five minutes it was just simply because it was hard to to receive um for 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 our ears and and so i'm probably going to do the the later version where we changed to to landline so again i do appreciate your 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 listening and your support and um you know whether it's on spotify and Castbox and um um, yes, I do. I do own uh, Nathan. A big shout out on on his Instagram. So if you are interested, or if you're in the north or anywhere in the world, just go follow Nathan and uh, ask him all the questions about '90s tennis, and he'll happy to answer. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, that's, that's that's one of the things as well is is, is, is love the game, like yeah. love the game and love love the history and and do as much research as you can now to stay up with because in, in twenty years time you remember the stuff. So mm. oh. yeah. Well, Nathan, please leave a um, um, put down your pen, uh, put a, a, t- a date and a time for a calendar. I do, I really do want to revisit um, you again with Nighty's hands because I feel like you 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 know so much, and um, it, I hate to hate to just leave it there in your in your in your head. I just want wanted to put it down in, into a library of of wisdom and values. And, and today we only cover very little on terms of the tennis, you know, and I think what, you know, other things like, for example, you know, footwork, or, you know, other elements of tennis, but then again, yeah, 90s tennis is definitely something I really enjoyed chatting with you, so I actually enjoyed totally. it, yeah, so, all right, Nathan, thank you so much, um, and everyone, thanks again for listening, uh, we'll, until next time, uh, my name's Tom, talk to you next time, bye-bye. Thanks, Tom, cheers, bye.